Welcome to From A to G. This week we're chatting with the amazing Max Avery about how he started with music, how he felt from being in a band to going solo. We also discussed the difficulties of trying to grow an audience while being stuck at home. Check out the Twitter or Instagram for regular updates about the show. On Instagram, I asked who I was recording with and I said the funniest answer I got, I would give a shout out on this episode. So here it is. The shout out goes to Dave, the pirate captain with his answer. Who was I recording with? The reanimated corpses of Lennon and Thatcher. As much as I would love that to happen, it was not the correct answer, but it was the funniest answer. So shout out to Dave, the pirate captain. Enough from me. Let's get on with the episode. Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, spot on. Perfect. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> How you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm good. It's a cold, tired morning in Scotland, so... Oh, is that where you are? Yeah, that's where I am. I'm, I'm usually in Manchester, but I'm back at my parents, so... Oh, okay. Where about to you? Portsmouth. Oh, Portsmouth. Down uh, right down the south coast. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, we'll just get right into it. Thank you for coming on, Max. It's, it's great to hear from you. Like, when when did you kind of start out doing music? I started doing music like um probably eleven years ago. Oh man, eleven or twelve years ago. Yes, yeah, so the story went that um me and a couple of friends went to Wickham Festival, which is our local festival. It's sort of like a medium sized. It's probably about fifteen, twenty thousand. So yeah. it's not like one of the major ones, but it's fairly big. And um, they had a local stage there. It was like local artists playing their own stuff. And um, watching this stage and probably about 10 beers in. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> as you do at festivals. And we were like drunkenly said, oh, we could do that next year. We could do this. And um, I'd never written a song, never sung in my life. Um, I could barely play the guitar. One of my mates could strum a few chords and my other mate, um, he's Kenyan, um, he basically plays the kitchen sink at parties and things like that and the wall and any any flat surface he can find. So cut a long story short, um, I learned a few chords on the guitar and started writing some songs and none of the others would sing. So... I was pushed into a corner where I, where I was, well, had to sing. Um, so we got booked for this local stage. Um, we played it, scraped together half a set, went down well. And then it sort of snowballed from there, really. Same festival the following year. And then again, drunkenly one year, we said, let's try and play the main stage, <laughs> which is a huge, big top yeah, 10. So four years later, we got booked for the main stage. Oh, nice. Uh, last year being the last year and then jack the um guitarist in the band he had a baby which obviously takes priority over music thought we sort of ended on a high really having that was our last gig playing the main stage at wickham and then it was always in the back of my mind that i didn't really want to stop playing music because you know i love it so it, i thought it hooked you yeah so i thought why not embark on this solo thing so um recorded a song put it out and then yeah gradually built up built up a little bit of a following on instagram and then covid happened (laughs) so so i only really only really played a couple of solo shows this year um but yeah that's sort of my musical background so i played in pretty much the band for the last 10 10 11 years I, I, I do love, like, a lot of stories I have on here do start with, well, we're having a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it always does. Never sung. 
couldn't play an instrument. Let's start a band. <laughs> and, and here you are, like, 11 years later. You released a yeah. song three weeks ago and you get 10,000 streams. Like, not bad at all. Yeah, it's great. I, like, I, I never thought it would pick up that much traction. You know, it's, it's difficult enough to promote your music when you can gig. Um, but obviously, when you're locked in your house, it's near on impossible. So, you know, the only access you've got to people really is the internet. So, yeah, um, yeah thankfully, people have liked it. Yeah. First of all, I have to say, the new song, Mirror, love it. It's yeah. spot on. Thank Absolutely you. Love it. Not only that, not only are you amazing in it, the production is so good as well. I love a yeah. song with some great production. Who uh, yeah. who did that? Who was who mixed it? It's, uh, my friend Nick, he's got a studio down here, Key West. Um, I've worked with him ever since I've really been putting out music. Um, he's produced all of it. Um, so I went in there with a with a demo um, over lockdown. I've sort of learned the piano, um, and that was the first song I wrote on piano. Um, so yeah, I went in there uh, with this very rough demo and said, you know, this is the song. I love the song. Obviously, it needs a, a lot of work. It's a, you know, it's a basic sort of chord structure. There's not much to it because, you know, I don't class myself as a, you know, a virtuoso musician or anything like that. My, I think my skill lies within songwriting. Playing these instruments just allows me to do that, really. So I yeah. went in there with this demo and uh, sort of a, I told him how I wanted it to sound because I wanted the, the music to match the power of the lyrics if that makes sense yeah. i didn't want it i didn't want it to be too stripped back um i wanted it to be a powerful song and three days i think that took us yeah three days in the studio um finally finally got it together yeah but he's oh. um yeah nick's a talented guy he's, it helps being on the same wavelength for someone in the studio who knows what you're trying to achieve instead of him trying to sort of take his you know, production a different direction to the, the no. sound I wanted, but it seemed to have always worked. That is yeah. one thing about when you go in the studio, you you do kind of need to have an idea of where you're going or else you do just go end up in somewhere else you don't want yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. And we're mates, so I can be honest with him. and <laughs> You can tell him when it's a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, nine times out of ten, his ideas, even if it's as, as subtle as, uh, you know a single chord change or you know a, a step down the guitar or whatever it seems to always add to it but it's well, good sh- shout out to nick <laughs> yeah shout out to nick bowen one thing i have to ask because i've never like released any of my own music i've always been like part of a band yeah and like one of the reasons i've never done it is because i'm always like i guess maybe nervous to kind of put my own ideas out there and kind yeah. of share my feelings how did you find that when you first kind of released i guess it? yeah it is exposing in one way putting your feelings out there but it's, it's obviously down to you what you write about so mm. most of our songs I write aren't in first person they're not generally you know things that have happened to me personally however you know it's usually a, a feeling that's conjured up from somewhere or maybe a story I've heard from somewhere and then drawing on on that that tends to be the music I write as opposed to, you know, personal first-hand experiences. I wouldn't say it's something that I hide behind, but it's also not something that has happened to me. Yeah. So if I'm putting stuff out, and that's the beauty of, of songwriting and, and putting music out, that it opens up to interpretation, and whoever's listening to it can, 
you know, apply their own interpretation and feelings to it. Whether whether they think it's me, whether they think that's happened to me, then that, you know, I've not got an issue with that. <laughs> but it's just people. I think the trick is getting people to relate to what you're saying, as opposed to, you know, thinking that that particular song has happened to you or whatever. Whether it's a breakup song or whatever. So I think. Yeah, as long as people can relate to it and it triggers some sort of emotion in them, then, you know, I'm happy. So how have you found, kind of found it trying to grow your fan base, especially like right now during the whole lockdown? Having having the experience from the band and stuff, it, it wasn't like I was fully starting from scratch and going, going in blind to it. Um, obviously did have, you know, contacts and people that I could draw upon, like Nick for production. I've got... I work with people who do the artwork, obviously been helpful. But yeah, I mean, trying to trying to grow anything is difficult, isn't it? Like, but especially, especially music, because it's so subjective and whether people like it or not, um, you know, it is, it's, it's really difficult. There's, and the, the hardest bit about it is there's no set way of doing it. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of a, a trial and error thing. You know, you could put out a song that no one likes, um and you know it's not it's not going to get much traction at all but on the other hand you could put something out and then suddenly you know it's getting played everywhere this is i think it's just hit and miss i think no i absolutely i absolutely get what you mean yeah but it's, it's you know it's obviously a lot more difficult if you're not gigging because you know that's you know people that's what people love that's what i love yeah you know sharing that experience in a room you can't do that on the internet you can't you can't recreate that without actually doing it <laughs> like you, you can't recreate those like nice situations where you just go and talk to people at the gig and make those yeah. kind of genuine connections yeah exactly yeah and it, you know playing on stage you, you make that connection as well and you know that i'm a huge music fan myself and there's you know there's nothing better than going to see um someone you know you're a big fan of or you know you've been following and you know you're, you're seeing them in that live environment because obviously what what you create in a studio isn't necessarily a true reflection of you know what can be recreated on stage um because obviously there's you know there's obviously a lot more to it but yeah it's it's difficult it's difficult but i've tried my best (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited when gigs start up again i'm hoping it just sort of explodes and never stops honestly it's like yeah yeah, because it's I, gonna be a big stampede. <laughs> every gig is sold out. Every open mic is packed. Yeah, That'd be amazing. Because I, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine, Dorothy Eller, about it on another episode, and it was kind of like uh, she was saying, and I agreed. It was like before lockdown, it, someone invited to a gig, and sometimes I'd be like, "Oh, I'm just a bit exhausted tonight," and I generally would be. I'd be like, "I just can't bother leaving the house tonight." And now yeah. I'm kind of like, why, why didn't I leave? Why didn't I go to that gig? Yeah, yeah. I think after lockdown, I'm, I'll never say no to going to a gig again. Yeah, dragging yourself to a dingy venue in the middle of nowhere on a rainy Tuesday night. Where the pints are like £10, £15. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah. I'll have a tough water. I'll think it's spilled on you. Oh, God. Oh, that's bringing back memories, no. <laughs> Do you play live yourself? Yeah, uh, I play in a, a couple. I play in. I was to say a couple bands. I guess only one band now. But yeah, I I, I play bass. Yeah, that's that's my entire life. I, just, I I play bass. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know that feeling of missing, yeah. missing shows. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. So what's your band called? Uh, we're called Katie Eliza, and because the singer's called Katie, and her middle name yeah. is Elizabeth, so you know. Oh, so you're the band for her? Yeah, yeah. Nice. How's Wait. it going? It, it, it well, it was going really well until everything shut down. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we we had we had two singles out and all that, and I mean, yeah. we were getting like quite nice regular gigs, and then oh, I can't I can't keep thinking about it. COVID is just it's, it always just comes back to COVID. I know. Yeah. I mean, as far as Instagram goes, that's really been the the, the best thing to build the solo thing with. I think really, and you've probably seen. I've been you know whilst writing, I've been just putting up the clips and mm. and just seeing how how that goes because I don't know I've never really and never really got the mystery sort of aspect of music where everything's a secret <laughs> and you can't you know you can't <laughs> tell anyone anything until you know you've got a release date or mm. you can't tell anyone about the process of writing a song or you can't show anyone anything do you know what I mean yeah, I know. I get what you mean. I think especially, like, especially like with yeah. Instagram, it's like you can be a bit more personal with people. You can just be like, "Oh, here's some stuff," and yeah. you, can, you can just chat to people on it. It's like, yeah, and you know, even encores at shows. Like, I've never really understood that. I don't, I don't know why bands just don't skip that, play an extra song. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like I, I get sometimes like it's a bit of a joke, but it's just like just get on with it. Like, yeah, get, get back. Yeah, it's, it's strange, but. Um, yeah, and, and you know, if I was, you know, following my favourite artist on Instagram, and they were putting up clips of, you know, of the songwriting process and behind the scenes stuff in studios, then I'd, I'd love it. So I thought, you know, if I'd like it, maybe other people will. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it seems like it's definitely worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got a bit of traction. So yeah, hopefully it'll get bigger. Hey. Nathan. This time next year, once gigs are back on and you're traveling everywhere, you'll be never mind ten thousand streams. It'll be like <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I know it was, a, it was a playlist that it got picked up by. To be fair, they were it's probably on um, five or six massive playlists. Um, I mean, Spotify's notoriously hard to crack and oh. get. And pick up traction on Spotify because you know they they just get inundated with songs. I think it's like, I think it's like, hundred thousand a day or something get uploaded. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, submitting them to to playlist curators or whatever, you know, chances are they're probably not even going to listen to your song. But once you know, obviously, as with anything on the internet, there's an algorithm, and you know, trying to figure that out is way beyond my expertise. It's like, I feel like uh, every week there's a new story where it's like, ah, the algorithm has changed. I was like, oh, great. I've got to learn something else now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing about being a musician, isn't it? You're like, there's probably 10% musician. And then it's like, you know, 10% Instagram model, 10% video editor. You know, you've, <laughs> you've got like all these stupid shit that i'm not interested in you know like putting a picture of me up like oh yeah and then like a caption or whatever but mm. you've got to do it otherwise you know it's just would is if you don't do that part then it's pointless putting out music because no one will hear it no oh honestly yeah it's like one of those it, things like 
I don't think I would have understood like years ago, like when I first started. If I could go back and be like, one day, Michael, you're going to need people on social media to like actually help support you. So then people will listen to your music. I'd be like, yeah. 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 I think I'd have preferred it maybe back in like the 70s where you could just release a song and there was no social media and, you know, you relied on people going down to our price to buy the cassette. (laughs) I'd have preferred that. (laughs) Oh, good old times. I say, even though I was never alive back then. (laughs) How old are you? Uh, I'm 23. I am 10 years older than you. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, there we are. That's why you've bought cassettes and I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) What can I use some of your highlights then from kind of when the start of your musical career back those 11 years ago when you had a few pints and it all began? What have been kind of yeah. some of the biggest moments you've had? Getting booked for a gig was a highlight at the oh, start. That, I get that. I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The songs at the start was was shit. They were super shit. Um, you know, but now, like for every you know twenty songs I write, there's probably one or two ones I keep and and work on. But at the start, it was just sort of get whatever down on paper, learn mm. it and gig it yeah um but the band was like um it was like a country americana sort of sound what was the name of the band winters hill we were called oh yeah, yeah. Winters hill, yeah so um yeah i mean the first time i was getting booked to play that festival and um yeah i mean from that we sort of found our sort of niche i suppose in in festivals that they were they were really good to us and we got booked booked to a lot of festivals um a couple of years into the band we got booked for the isle of white festival oh, um nice. yeah so we played we played that probably three or four years on the on the trot um one year one year the promoter said how many gigs do you want to do and i said well how many are you offering and i think we've done eight or nine shows in a weekend Oh, nice! On, on different stages, um, that was that was awesome weekend. Um, tiring, trying to trying to trying to get drunk while stay sober. <laughs> <laughs> the old question of how many pints can I have before I get on stage? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I mean, yeah, the Isle of Wight was good. Um, Boardmasters in Cornwall, country to country um, at the O2 Arena. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the O2 in London, they they do um, a country music festival. And, I mean, they get the biggest country artists there, you know, like Chris Stapleton and the, the big dudes go there. And we managed to get a slot um, on one of the stages there. So that was that was awesome. Um, you know, putting up the, the Instagram post of we're playing the O2. Oh, that, <laughs> that is a moment I'm, st- I'm still waiting for and I can't wait for it. Just a moment of, yep, the O2, you know. That was good. Fun. Played a show with Gabrielle Aplin in London. That was good fun. You really have like kind of well travelled with your music. You've really have played some really nice places with some pretty yeah, cool people. Yeah, um, yeah, It's been it's been you know it's really good. Um, you know, and we never claim to be you know like awesome musicians or write the best songs or you know I never claim to have the best singing voice or whatever. But all the time we were getting booked for these shows and you know land in the major festival slots we we were thinking fuck it why not roll with it you know if we're getting booked for it then crack on if people are listening then yeah 
if awesome. people are listening, we can keep drinking. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they were probably some of the highlights. Um, yeah, and then obviously doing this by myself, played a, played a couple of shows, one in one in London, one in Bishop Stortford. And then, yeah, March, obviously, COVID happened. Yeah. I was just, I was sitting early and I was like, hold up, it's March in a few months. I was like, oh, God, it's been like, <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems like we've, like, skipped a year. It's, Oh, I know. It's weird you speak of the Isle of Wight Festival. I was meant to go this year, like because I have some family down there, and they're like, "Oh, you should yeah. come along," because we always get like free tickets for some reason. And I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll come along for free." And then obviously, nope, gone. Yeah. So like, there, well, there goes that. It's an awesome festival. Very good. I know. I I remember they were telling. I can't remember who it said that played, but oh, maybe maybe it was you. But like you know, they, they were raving saying how, how honestly really good it is, and I'm very yeah. jealous. I didn't get to go. <laughs> Yeah, if, I, I know we've said this already, but if next year if everything's back to normal, it's gonna be such a, an amazing year. <laughs> yeah, it will be, won't it? Like, the, I think the atmosphere at shows will just be like amplified. Like once COVID's all over, with what are you kind of hoping for? Like your future plans? Like where are you kind of wanting to get to? As in, what's the goal? Yeah, what, what's what's your big end goal? Um, and you can say I want to be rich and a millionaire. That's that's totally a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in the wrong business if I want to be a millionaire. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, I, know, I don't know. I mean, I know it probably sounds cliche, but for just for people to enjoy the music I make, really. Um, you know, I think the goal would be to go to any city, anywhere, and sell out a show. I think that would, I'd, I'd settle for that goal. Oh, you know, but, that, that was actually such a nice, wholesome answer. <laughs> If I could, if I could go to anywhere, Scotland, um, anywhere across the UK, you know, and even if I was, even if I could make it to Europe and set out, set out a show, no matter what cap venue it was, I'd be content with that. You know, I actually really agree with that. That would, it's just that nice idea. You can just go anywhere. It's like I can just play with these people and just enjoy the music. Yeah, yeah and like and to and to know you're going somewhere and to know it's sold out and know the people in that room are going to have a good night, no matter how many it is, you know, even if it was like, you know, a hundred people, I think, you know, I'd be content with that. Yeah. Yeah. Should definitely get yourself up to Scotland now. I think they'd love you up here. <laughs> Especially with, with the big old beard as well. Like yeah, you'd fit right in. Well the Scottish hated the English. <laughs> well, it depends how drunk they are. <laughs> Pretty bar. When you were kind of making that transition from kind of being in a group and you kinda of decided to be a solo singer, were you were you kinda of nervous about it? You're like, I've got to do this on my own now. You haven't got like your friend bounce ideas around with In a way, yes. But in a way no, because I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to music and I like things done the way i want them to be done so not having that extra input um sometimes easier um but obviously when you're playing gigs or whatever it's you know there's no better feeling than having your mates by your side and traveling there with your with you know your best mates and staying over or whatever um you know i think i'm gonna miss that part of it um but with regards to you know making the music, in some ways it's easy. I wrote all the songs for the band, so rehearsals and things like that, you know, that's not an issue anymore because I can just you know sit on my sofa and 
rehearse yeah. by myself. I'm not trying to, I'm not yeah. trying to, you know, get on the WhatsApp group and, you know, when are oh, you free? God. And then it's, you know, like a week later before we can arrange anything. You know, that's one thing I don't miss about yeah. gigs so, is that booking the rehearsals. Yeah, so I think it's, it's more productive in a way. Um, but when it comes to shows, I think that oh, we'll miss it, yeah. Did you back when, like, is a kind of, first starting out did you guys have used to have the thing of like you know pile in one car with all the equipment somehow yeah my friend jack had um a silver transit van we used to call silverback and uh we used to jump <laughs> jump in jump in that and put all the gear in the back and uh slept in the back a few times um yeah so he he was the designated designated driver that's the, that's the true rock and roll of lifestyle that was sleeping in the back <laughs> of a van <laughs> Uh, sadly we never had that luxury our car wasn't big enough it was a kind of a case of we have to get home with all this equipment at like three in the morning <laughs> let, me, let me tell you biggest fear is like driving on like country roll country roads and like the pitch black when you've got like a symbol sitting behind your head <laughs> it's like if i break too sharply that's my head clean off <laughs> gonna get yeah get an amp to the back <laughs> a rickon backer that was a joke in there somewhere <laughs> So, as for the music side, when's your next track coming out? When is my next track coming out? Yeah. No, that's a good question. New Year's Day. New Year's Day? <laughs> New Year's Day, yeah. Um, it's an acoustic version of Mirror. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so since I've been putting out music this year, I've sort of done a studio version with a lot of production on it and then followed it up with, a, mm. with an acoustic or a piano version. Um, just because I wanted to put out, you know, how it's more than likely going to sound if someone comes to see me at a show, you know, it's, I'm not going to be into playing a backing track or, you know, I think a full band's probably quite far down the line. So I think, um, you know, when people come and see me live, it's going to probably be me and a guitar or me and a piano. So I've fired it up with, um an acoustic version of Mirror, yeah, so that's going to be our New Year's Day. Um, and then after that, there's there's a few other things in the pipeline, um, but with regards to new music, um, it's probably going to be next year. From ATG exclusive, the next track's out on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can, we can start to wind up there, actually, but thank you so much for coming on. Max, where can people find you and your music? So it's uh, Instagram's Max Avery Music. Uh, Facebook's Max Avery Music, Max Avery on all the streaming platforms. Just search Max Avery and they'll find some absolute quality. <laughs> thank you. But thank you again for so much for coming on. No man, thanks for having me. And then this is where I'll comically fade out in the edit. And cool. I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and go, oh, Michael, get an outro already.